Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Six Night Podcast. It's Craig here. Um, I have no real idea where to start the intro to this podcast because what we've just seen with India-Pakistan might be the single greatest World Cup match there has ever been. Uh, we have Brett here along. Brett, I'm, I'm going to skip your introduction because we need to go straight to Arnie, the man who was actually there, present at the MCG. Arnie, uh, we were just talking to you. Your, your voice has just about recovered. Uh, have your emotions recovered? How are you feeling? Um, I, I've still, I, as I was telling you guys earlier, I have no hi everyone, but I was telling you guys earlier, I just a little bit overwhelmed from, from just being at that match. Like there was a sensory overload. It was just an amazing as a cricket fan. You probably live for for matches like this, so um, yeah. Look, um, voice is coming back slowly. Still a bit sore here, but I literally, yeah, I literally had to shout to talk really throughout the match. It was just everyone was just singing and chanting, and it was wonderful. But anyway, I, I had a really wonderful time. What a match! Amazing, amazing. Well, um, I'm gonna love hearing about uh, your experience there and what it was like, Brad. I will actually introduce you. Are you doing well today, mate? How are you? Yeah, going well, mate. Uh... Yeah, like I, I've been saying this for most of the last week, but how good is World Cup cricket? Like right back through, you're doing the the first week of a World Cup. We've got all the qualifying stuff was was wicked. Those games were really really high quality, um, a lot higher than to be honest I expected. But mm. to cap off the first week of the World Cup with India Pakistan. And the sort of absolute uh, thriller of a game and a Coley masterclass, which uh, you're welcome, India. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm still claiming that one. Very um, good. But yeah, like it's it sort of made me completely forget about the the shambles that was the Australian game on Saturday. That well, we we can we can dive into that if you if you want to. I'm sure you're eager to to dissect that. Very I will, I will say that uh, I totally, but we're going to talk about India Pakistan. How can we not talk about India Pakistan? But I totally agree with you. As a as a supporter of Ireland, who are you know an associate nation, maybe test nation light, if anything. Uh, just very quickly, our history of the ODI World Cup has been you know one big victory and then getting consistently skittled by the big boys. The T Twenty cricket is. The World Cup is T Twenty World Cup is quickly becoming um, a real lottery with uh, the group stages with Sri Lanka and West Indies and a couple of those big big guys mixed in there. It's been it's it's really enhanced the group stages. But anyway, we need to talk about India and Pakistan for those anybody who didn't see it. Where the hell were you? But India won with uh, no balls remaining. They chased down. 159, which Pakistan, Pakistan stepped them to chase. They got made 160 for the loss of six wickets. Uh, how to set this up? Do, do we want to run through? Let's run through the last eight balls of the Indian innings. And then, Arnie, I'm just going to throw it over to you to, to, to just <laughs> describe the, uh, the religious experience that you had at the, at the MCG. So uh, Pakistan, in, in ESPN's kind of like win predictor, Pakistan with eight balls remaining, had a 96% chance of winning that game. So let's just set that out. Now, Pakistan had it in the palm of their hand. Uh, Harris Rauf was bowling his last over with two balls remaining. 
he had figures. 3.4 overs, 2 for 24, in a World Cup match against the biggest team that they can play India. India needed 27 from the last eight balls. And then stuff got real. It's the things started to, to go sideways for Pakistan. Things started to go... Anyway, six from Kohli. Hit it back over Rav's head for, for six to kick things off. Probably the MCG. Of that, so. Not only six there, possibly the greatest shot in the history of cricket. Like that was a straight drive off a bouncer at 140 k's an hour. Like it, it was unreal. Like it just does not happen. It, it, it doesn't just happen. And then to follow it up with the next shot, which when I saw it, I don't know if you guys ever played Brian Lara cricket or maybe it was Ricky Ponting cricket for you back on the old PlayStation. He, fl- he flicks it like basically over his head for six, something that whenever I played those computer games growing up, I was like, this is, this is stupid. This would never happen in real life. Vera Kohli does it and the, the final ball of Harris Rice over and then in the 18th over, 19th over for another six to bring it down to, what is that? What would that make? That would be 15 off the last. 16 off the last. It was 16 off the last over, which you would say still tough, but really plausible now. Absolutely. And look, they, Pakistan at the time had been hiding Nawaz. Like they knew they had to bring Nawaz back. They, if, I think if they get one of the, a dot ball or maybe even a, a boundary and, a, and a, a double for India, I think, I think that's what Baba Arzan was probably looking at. Kohli just decides that two of the most outrageous shots you've ever seen in your life. Then you get into the last over, which I was trying to decide afterwards if this was a great over for a great advert for the casual cricketer or whether it was there was so much nuance in this over to the rules and whatnot that it was almost difficult to follow at times. Hardik Pandya, slightly short ball from Nawaz to Hardik Pandya, goes to pull it, skies it, and it's comfortably taken by Babar Azam. You think it's over? Do you guys think? Well, it was the over? Em- emotions yep. swing massively to Pakistan. Everyone's going nuts around me. Pakistan think, well, that this is it. We're, we're we're we've been, you know, the last two sixes rattled us, um, but maybe maybe we've got it now as a Pakistan supporter. Yeah. I, like, I, I, should, next- I should say to to everybody, listen, Arnie, you were there sitting beside a Pakistan fan, so maybe you can provide us. The scenes as as these balls were coming in, um, so obviously I'd say that the Pakistan guys are going mad whenever Hardik gets out. Uh, Dinesh Karthik comes in um, as the the selected kind of chaser down for for India, wearing um, for some reason he wears a different helmet to anybody else I've ever seen in cricket. He has this like bubble helmet. Um, he goes down the track, full tossed. And when he meets it, he doesn't quite get a hold of it, gets a quick single. Coley comes on strike. 15 to an off four balls. Nawaz bowls to Coley. They need a boundary pretty much every ball now. Uh, and they Coley hits it and they take a double. So what's that down? They need 13 off three. It's almost gone. Yeah. Then comes the most egregious thing that a a last over bowler could possibly do not hit the pitch, not only not hit the pitch, hold a waist high full toss, which Coley very casually, might I add, just flicks for six and immediately looks at the umpire and starts to complain. Yes. That's a no ball. So Arnie, in, he was, when, when you were in the stadium, did, did everybody have a sense that that was going on? Because at home, even I was a little confused as to what was happening there. 
when at the stadium we just saw the six and the Indian supporters just were you know, <laughs> literally every ball, everybody in the stadium goes nuts for, for whatever reason. They just go nuts over every ball, but they went nuts when Cole hit the six. But I obviously we all kind of looked at the footage on the on, on the stadium, what do you call that big scoreboard thing? And everyone was going, Oh, what's going on? What's going on? And then it was announced that this is a no ball. And you can imagine the Indians were just in raptures and the Pakistan guys were just like, Oh no. And they go, No way. And you could hear others going, No way, that's not that can't be a no ball. And you can yeah, and of course the Pakistan team were you could like we could see them, they all went to the umpire saying, there's no way this is a game changer. I presume they're also saying, don't, like, as in from an umpire, from, from you know, telling the umpire, don't influence the result of the game. I mean, I, dare I say that, right? But but that yeah, was huge. I, I mean, I think in hindsight, I, I looked at it afterwards, and I don't think there's any any question that it, went, it was it was over mm. Coley's waist. I, mean, I, I think it That's was it. A, a no yeah, ball. Rules, but... Oh. Yeah. But it was punishing. Yeah, we're massive. So then you have the free hit. And you, you feel free to talk about it. You have, the, yeah. you have the free hit, but before that, you have a wide. Now, as not on, not only bowls a, bowls oh. a full, toss, full toss, it hits a wide. So it goes from 13 to 3 to 6 to 3 because you have seven runs off the six to 5 for 3. So in the, they've got eight runs and a, a legal delivery hasn't been bowled, which again is just egregious. We'll come back to Pakistan in a second. Nawaz bowls to Coley. It's still a free hit after the wide. Coley basically misses the ball, leaves it. It ricochets off the stumps, goes down towards the third man, and they manage to run three. So in the space of three to four minutes, Coley has hit the ball once, and there have been 11 runs scored. That's it. Um, you get you get bold and you still score three runs. <laughs> um, things were slowly crumbling. I was telling these Pakistan guys all around, and I was saying, even with three overs to go, or whatever. I was, I was saying, guys, the the odds are just Pakistan have done most of the work here. It's it's their game to lose. It's Pakistan's game to lose here. Like they just really need to. Shut it down. They just need to close it down. And in, and in a time of, you know, when you're defending five off three now, you need to do something kind of special. And I actually think the, the next ball, so they heard there's two balls to go, or uh, there's uh, two balls to go, and they need, uh, I think it's five runs, or three runs. Nawaz bowls, it kind of goes through Dinesh Karthik's legs, and Rizwan makes a very, very, very smart stumping. It was very, very quick work. Mm-hmm. In, given the situation... Very, very quick work, and somehow uh, it, Pakistan seemed to kind of still be in it. There's one ball to go, and they need they need two. I watched Ravi Ashwin, the ultimate meme in Indian cricket. When you think about it, with all like the man catting stuff, with all of the uh, <laughs> he's the ultimate Indian meme. And what does he go do? He very casually leaves a wide. Probably the boldiest wide that's ever been left. And uh, it takes down to be in uh, one from one and to win. The scores are tied. And then Ashwin uh, casually lofts it over. I think it was mid-off uh, to run in uh, the last runs and win it. Um, in a, just an exhausting over full of tension in which Pakistan will look back and go, what, what, what happened? But cemented one of the greater innings in all of all of. T- World Cup cricket and one of the greatest matches you will ever see 
uh, going around. So I'm just going to pause there because I need to take a break after recounting that. Arnie, tell us about the MCG, the experience, how how were folks after that that marathon over and just the the emotion in the stadium too? Um, Okay, where do I start? Um, I'll start with saying that last over cliche, but you couldn't script that. Like I, we, I think everyone quietly, or they weren't quiet, it was bloody loud at the stadium, but um, probably thought Pakistan would seal the deal because I, I think they did the work. They really did the work. Um, and the amount of runs, I'm looking at a stat here actually, that in the last, those last three overs, they scored 48 runs. Um and look, you just don't expect that. But again, anything's possible with the likes of um, Coley there and obviously really great support play by Pandya. But look, I'll, I'll talk about the unique experience I had because I've, I've not been to any near Pakistan game. Um, I, I, I get the sense of occasion prior to the game. I get the, um, the, the perceived enormity of it. However, just experiencing it just blew me away. I mean, it, the experience begins way outside of the stadium, you know, just arriving into the city and there's just throngs of people like we're, they're all in their gear and you know who's Pakistan supporters, you know who the Indian supporters, it's very clear that their families with the kids and it's just truly a family affair and they're all chanting and, you know, all the the, the, the usual chants, I, I don't know how to do them, but um, um, and the trams are packed and I presume if you're ever in uh, trying to catch Pakistani or Indian transport, for that day, that's how it was. It was just packed. You like you, you couldn't squeeze in, but you see, saw people still trying to squeeze in. Um, but anyway, it was just it was just magical. The, the the noise was incredible. They just kept chanting. But at the game, um, literally everything was cheered. Everything was cheered. But it was um, an atmosphere of. Uh, I, I'm in danger of saying a lot of cliches right now, but there was a sense of real, um, real sportsmanship between um, the Pakistani and the Indian um, uh, crowds. I, I really sense that they genuinely love cricket. They love their teams. They love every single one of their players. It was just genuine love for them. And as a result, there was sort of genuine, for the lack of a better word, brotherhood or sisterhood amongst um, every fan. So I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're competing against each other, but they really respected each other. And I really felt that, and it was something that I had to really feel. So I sensed... Um, I had respect before, but it's just a whole new way of supporting. And, I, and yeah, another cliche, it's like a religion to them. It's something so important to them. But at the same time, they show a lot of respect for each other. And I just thought, this is this is cricket. This is how it is. Um, if this is humanity, there's hope for us all. I, I really felt that. I mean, so, it's, it's through a cricket. Yeah, so, so, Arnie, yeah. there, there, are, there are people saying, so the MCG, MCG you, got, you guys all know this better than me, but the MCG is, is not just solely a cricket ground, right? There are... AFL games played there. Are there there must be other other sports. They're saying that yeah, this, absolutely. this could have been the greatest sporting event ever held at the MCG. Is yeah. haven't been haven't um, been there yourself? F- fair. Yeah. Look, I've I've I hinted to you guys offline earlier, um, off air earlier that um, <laughs> sounds like another cliche, but it is the greatest cricket match I've experienced. And I've been to many events at the MCG, you know, concerts, um, a lot of Australian rules football games and a lot of cricket games. 
this one had a, a lot of things to do with it and I have to and I don't want to call it so early because I would like to consider I'm still kind of young. I still have many more cricket games to go to in my life, right? But right now it has eclipsed it. I went to the two, I was t- mentioning to you guys earlier, two, I went to the 2015 World Cup final between Australia and New Zealand at the MCG. And for me, that was one of my favourite moments, um, favourite games because I've got Australia won the World Cup. But this game completely overshadowed it just from the atmosphere perspective, from the, the, the feeling, the vibe, the shivers down my, my neck. Um, uh, the, the the way that last over went, um, the way India literally grabbed that game from from Pakistan, but then seeing um, the atmosphere is I don't know how to describe it. Obviously, other than it was just so loud. Apparently, you could hear the the, the roar two suburbs away when India won the the, the game. That's a that's a really long way. Yeah. Um. Well. Well. But but just the. I don't know what the right word is. The camaraderie, it just makes you really proud of humanity. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> I've got no words. Well, yeah. well I, I can tell you from watching it at home, it, the, the, the experience of having the, the goosebumps and the chills down the back, that that was not limited to being in the stadium, stadium, fully in the stadium. I can't even imagine the, the type of religious experience <laughs> it must have been to be there. But um, you were saying earlier on, Brett, about um, the, the ingredients that go into make a clash like this are not something it, i mean it's it's the whole setup of the relationship between india and pakistan it's the whole setup of world cricket we have world cricket where there is an international odi series being played at the same time for india as they're warming up for a t20 world cup you know they're playing two different international teams at the same time yet with pakistan there seems to be that that unique setup where they don't play each other a lot and, and it really factors in yeah, it's um as I said uh, before we we hopped online, I don't think I've ever wanted to be at a a game more than than last night watching that like obviously knowing that Arnie was there and just saying sitting there thinking like how good would like this was is it it was nuts just sitting at home watching it. But just thinking in the back of my mind, how good would this be to be there like I, yeah, I don't think I've ever wanted to be at a, a cricket game that didn't involve Australia more than, um, yeah, last night. Yeah. And look, uh, I, I wish you were there too, Brett, honestly, mate. I really wish you were. Um, now, at the beginning of the match, um, they have MCs down on the ground. They have MCs, you know, there's a woman and... and and, and and a guy, and the celebrities anyway. But anyway, the guy mentioned that when India-Pakistan tickets went officially on sale, um, you know, months back, months and months ago, it I thought it sold out in an hour, but he confirmed that to the crowd that it sold out in five minutes. Now, all I'm trying to say is if you got hold of those tickets, you just knew you were going to a good game. You're just happy to be at the game. But you little do, did we all realise we were buying a ticket to something more than just the game. It was just like an incredible match. So just saying, I, I, I got an upgrade. So I sat somewhere else, guys, but um, I actually had a ticket to the match. And what a nice guy I am. I made sure I sold that at cost price to oh, someone yeah. else. <laughs> so good bloke, good bloke moment, right? Yeah, that, um, that, that's a big karma moment, Arnie. You're going to cash that in later down. I, I, do, do you have any sense what those tickets were going for for the punters outside? 
but prior to the game? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea, but it wouldn't be hard to Google something and just going, well, how much were people paying for it? If they had... But can you imagine if there was a hint that it would be the half the game that we just experienced? People would be playing ridiculous amounts. But anyway... um. Yeah, I'm just saying it's going to be t- t- tough to beat. I was telling you guys offline as well, it's going to be tough to beat for the remaining couple of games that I'm going to go to. And I'm going to, to one very soon with uh, with Brett. I'm going to, there's still going to be great games, still going to enjoy, but this is, we almost got to park this one in yeah. another category. It's probably not fair to the other games that you might go to. to I know. Compare it to- Last you can't compare, compare it. I think yeah, it's it, their own event. Well, I yeah. mean, and, and to have it as, as one of the first, realistically, the first three or four games, it was sent earlier on that I don't believe there's any other sporting event where a clash between the two biggest nations, or we're not the two biggest nations, but the, the it's probably, having said that, and you know, people talk biggest. about the, the biggest rivalry in cricket, and they talk about yeah. the Ashes, which has the history behind it. You, You'd even throw in uh, uh, South Africa and Australia had a, a good decade or two decade period where they were at each other's throats and it was really great to watch. I'm sorry, doesn't come close to what I saw on TV mm. uh, yesterday. Like it just, it just does. It's a different kind of rivalry, but that experience that I, and the, the game I watched and the nature of how it unfolded and the reaction of the crowd, like I, I love, I really do love the relationship between the Barmy Army and the Australian uh, crowds, like I love all that. This was different. This was on a different level altogether. And I can't think of any other sporting event where that the result of this would of a of a group game would overshadow an entire tournament. And it has like it, it unless we we might look forward and get a, a final. I mean, if you imagine that India and, and Pakistan get to the final, Jesus, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> you can't put it into words. You can't. Mind blown. Like. Mind. Mind blowing. Don't don't mention them. Yeah. Brains will explode. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to the uh, the the official. I'm making it official now. President of the VR Coley Supporters Club, Brett. Uh, the best innings from Coley you've you've seen? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I think even the man himself called it as his best. Uh, definitely his best yeah. T20 innings. But yeah. it just kind of had. I'm just going to re- rewind a second. You think about like the roller coaster that the whole game was. Like Pakistan go from three for bugger all, claw their way back to a yep. get to a decent platform, then sort of implode again, then have another little burst at the end, get up to to one fifty nine and one sixty is pretty much bang on the average score at the MCG. So you really? set for a perfect. Like almost a perfect chase, and you just kind of had the feeling. Yeah. I said to a couple of my mates I was talking to, like just on Messenger and those kind of things, that the stage was kind of set for a Coley special. Like, um, yeah, I was talking about 50 plus or like a six to win the game or something like that. But what sort of unfolded, um, so they had to withstand a pretty, pretty decent opening blast from the, the Pakistan bowlers. Um, because India ended up what three for bugger all as well. Yeah, I, I looking back, I like I think before that final over, Harsh, yeah. Harsh Rife, Harsh Rife was probably player of the match before that. Like they they bowled 
pretty well. Harris Rife was very impressive. Yeah, I'll let you continue. Yeah. Um, and he soaked up a lot of dots and then you, you hop on sort of social media and you start to see these things like what's Coley doing? Why is he taking so much time? Like, um, But the stage was set between, I guess, the two guys out of anyone, possibly out of anyone in world cricket, but definitely out of anyone in the Indian side with just absolute ice in their veins. Like mm, that mm. partnership, yeah, Coley and Pandya, two guys who sort of thrive on those big moments to do what they did and sort of methodically sort of just start chipping away at that target and you could almost see the the turning point. There was a review, I think it was a review for LBW on Coley and it was given not out and basically from that point on it was almost like he flipped the switch and I think he, he ended up at one stage hitting something like... 71 off 22 balls or yeah. something. I, I have I have the breakdown here. So in his fir- in the first 10 overs when he was in there, he had 12 runs off 21 balls. So that's that's what you're saying. The the sentiment online was he has a strike rate of 57. Like this this isn't going to work. This isn't going to get the job done. Between overs 11 and 16, then he turned it up a notch, a significant notch. 31 runs off 18 balls, and then like I mean the last three overs, 39 off 14. He went from a strike rate of 57 up to 278. Yeah. And like you say, ice in the veins. We, we, we all know that we're massive fans of Hardik Pandya in here. Coley, what Coley did was on a different level, even, even to him from the things that he's been able to, to achieve too. Um, yeah. Remarkable. Yeah. yeah right. um, I will give uh, some due credit to Pakistan. Um, friends out there, because I think for a good part of that innings, they really did set it up to win. Because, like you said, you know, uh, except for that massive explosion at the end where Coley and Co did brilliant and iced the game. Um, right up until prior to that game, they really, really did set up what I felt was Pakistan's game to lose. I, I firmly believe that. But well, yeah, so credit to them. But again, um, just. Uh, 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 brilliant steal, for, for lack of a better word, by... by Here's a, uh, um, an interesting question for you. Uh, and I'll throw it open to, to both guys. Is um, Apart from the obvious, like where did it go wrong for Pakistan? Was there something that you sat there and thought, like what could they have done differently? I, I thought they, in, given the scenario, they probably made the right call to to go with Ralph in the, the 19th over and try and kill the game? Because, like, if they give I, no, I think 24 to defend. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, they went with the 3D, I think, the third last over and Ralph in the second last. I actually think that was the right call because right until that last over, I felt, except for the last two balls of Ralph's over, they, they did a pretty good job only really and Pakistan friend next to me was getting very frustrated or, or not getting frustrated was was really pleased that there were only uh, India was only really peddling around the odd single and uh, the odd couple of runs and all that so it was poised to win um however I thought this is a couple of really key errors and that's always about the last over the unnecessary wide the unnecessary um 
full toss above the waist. But more importantly, I look at another area where I thought all you needed to do on that last over of the Pakistan batting innings, I think there were, correct me if I'm wrong, there were three balls where you couldn't, I forget who was facing, couldn't score any runs. And I was thinking just one of those balls, literally, he pushed it for a single or whatever, and I would have, should have, could have. But like even that last over for Pakistan, they could have put on a little bit, just a couple more runs, would have made, could have made a difference. Yeah. But it shouldn't never have got to. 16 for, for six, even, yeah, yeah. In, the, I th- in the last. I think the, 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 the wayward bowling at the end from Nawaz is hard to, to look past. Mm. But, like, we, we've talked on here, we've talked on here, like, several times, like, what, is, what are Pakistan going to do when Rizwan and Azam don't fire? And they managed to get themselves back into it. I mean, like, Sham Masood needs to, to take a bit of a bow here, and Iftikhar mm. Ahmed needs to take a bow as well. I mean, both of them hit 50s. Yep. They kept their sight in yep. it. The middle order answered the call. Like they, the middle order answered the call. Rizwan was four off I, twelve. Babar had a duck, and even you looked at further down the order. Shaheen Afridi, you were talking about couldn't get the ball, the ball on the bat. I mean, I think I think in that last over, it was probably he or maybe Harris Routh that couldn't get the the ball on the bat. But he's Shaheen Afridi had sixteen off eight balls. I mm. I think in in the broader scheme, they will look and go. We probably needed ten more runs just to ice that game. Yeah. But in terms of you saying, well, yeah, uh, uh, asking where to go wrong, I think we could point a couple of, there's probably so many areas you could point out and, and, and subjective, but, but we've covered that. I, I just feel that as far as they played the game and, you know, how we pointed out that without Rizwan and Baba, they're nothing. Well, I think they proved last night that, yes, they lost the game. We would be saying very different things if they iced that game. But... All in all, and I think a lot of the Indian supporters that were all around us at the stadium that came and consoled Pakistani um, supporters would say the same thing. Pakistan did play a really good match. It was really well played. It literally just came down to the last ball. They, they still played it fairly well, Yeah, in I mean, my opinion. The, no, I agree with you. I know there, was, there was a turning point in the Pakistan innings where uh, Akshar Patel came on. Um, Jadeja, what did you call him? Jadeja. Jadeja, if you got him from Wish, I think yeah, is that Wish, Wish Jadeja, Wish Jadeja, <laughs> and that's that's the bowler that turned up one over for twenty one runs, and that was kind of the the turning point where I think it was Iftikhar, Iftikhar Ahmed just decided to stick him in the stands three times in that over. Uh, yeah. so there was a big turning point there, but I I think you've got to I think you've got to bend the knee to King Coley and say, dude, you chased forty something in three overs. Mm. Hats off to you. If 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 you'd if you'd said to Pakistan a Pakistan fan at the start of that game you're going to open the batting, Azam's going to get a golden duck, Rizwan's going to score four, and India are going to have to chase in the last three overs forty seven or whatever it was. Like, I think a Pakistan ta- fan, I think the Pakistan team, the, the coach Matthew Hayden, they would have bitten your hand off of that or offer and gone, yeah, we, Rauf can get it done. We'll take. Afridi, we'll take that. Yeah. So I. I think yeah. you just have to bend, bend the knee to the, the king himself and, and the greatness that he put on show. I, I, I don't yeah. think there's much sometimes room for... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. I sometimes you just get beat by a better side or, in this case, a better yeah. player. Like, it was yeah. something truly out of the box. And I guess the only thing is you, you, they do play that little bit of Russian roulette with the, the bowling attack only really having five bowling options. 
was probably the only thing like I bet you Baba was looking around <laughs> with four or five overs to go going, shit, can I sneak another over out of someone so I don't have to bowl Nawaz again? And and if Dakar might have been that guy, he has bowled a little bit of medium pace, particularly through some one-day cricket. And he was having a good game. It might have been thing, but it would have been a ballsy call to, to go to a, a part-time medium pacer. I, I still think the strategy was right from him to to try and kill the game before make the oh. make the twentieth over redundant. You know, it's just too much to. Change. I would agree with that. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I genuinely feel that both teams, but you know, more specifically with the focus probably spotlight on Pakistan right now. I think they played it the best they could possibly play it. It just literally came down to they were on the the other side, the, the wrong from their point of view, the wrong side of the result with one ball to go. Uh, after one that last ball was bowled, so I still feel that they did the best they could, and they have to be proud of that because I look at that and go, guys, um, almost almost absorb that pain and take that pain into the next the rest of the World Cup because you, you, they played well, um, and I expect them to continue to play well, take that pain and 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 and, and really channel that into the next or well, the rest of their campaign. Yeah, and and look, look, they've they in the Asia Cup they lost a very very tight affair to Pakistan uh, to India in the uh, the group stages of the Asia Cup. They then beat them in the Super Four or the Final Four, whatever it's called. So look, they've done it before. I think it, right on. It's a very character building loss, and and I I think a loss where the team performs, you get close and you're beaten by the like as Brett said, you're just beaten by a champion on the day. I think to look yeah, back and, and, and t- tip the hat and go, you know what. Virat Kohli, I mean, absolutely. I think honestly, and after a performance like this, you, you, whenever he he retires, I'm going to think of this game. I don't know if I, like, we'll, we we'll wait and see what his career is going to to give us. Yeah, um, he's not done. This is the first thing that you think you'll think of. You go, okay, well, we lost the game yeah. to his greatest performance ever, one that everybody will think about afterwards after he retires. You know, I, we'll be comfortable with that. Let's let's go away. Let's regroup. We bowl one over better next time, and we we ice the game, and you know it's job done. So that's it. I mean, this is kind of game where because it's that close, anyone could have won. And I and I felt it, and I saw it all around me. There was just there was just a spades, just spades of respect flowing everywhere, and and of course in the middle of the ground. Um, you would expect the players from both sides just going, you know, you know, commiserations or well done, congratulations, and in equal amounts because both teams played well. I mean, they put on the best show. from pure entertainment perspective. They nailed it. They nailed it for the for the, 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 the the millions of cricket fans around the world. So, and that's I think I can't remember which one of them mentioned that, but they were just happy to to entertain. So, and they did. They delivered. Uh, anything else from the MCG that's worth covering, Arnie? There was a streaker. The streaker. Um, there was one which many of you guys would not have um, seen on TV. Um, you know, just, uh, it was an Indian guy. So I, I, I presume it was an Indian guy. Um, just you know, I would say use the term typical Joe Bloggs. You know, dressed. He wasn't running. You know, with his birthday suit or anything like that. But he, he sort of suddenly appeared on the pitch. And I think it was Coley, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I might have a few facts not quite there, but but the theme of what I'm going to describe is there. And I call him the most polite streaker 
um, that I've ever seen. And I've seen a couple of streakers on on, on in cricket, live cricket match before. Yeah, you're, the most you're an expert on the streaking, are you? <laughs> no, 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 I've I've not streaked. I don't I don't do that stuff, mate. <laughs> but uh, he 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 came out and he literally, I think he patted or wanted to shake. He's like, you know, good on you, mate. You know, and I think he just literally wanted to do that. And I call him the most polite streak in the world because straight after that, the security guards were, were following, and he just said, "Look, I'm not going to fight you guys. Please don't tackle me." And they put hands behind the back and they just walked off. You know, like quietly and peacefully. Sadly, this bike guy might be banned for life from ever going to the G, but I guess if you, for a game like this, you know, um, maybe that's good enough for him. But I hope, because I was just describing to you guys the, 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 the fine for, for going onto the, onto the oval during a match currently is $9,982.20. Don't ask me how to count $2.20. CPI increase or something like that. But anyway, I hope he's got good mates. I hope he's got 10 good mates that are going to split that because, yeah, that was, that's a, that was a ballsy, ballsy effort. But he was just the most polite person because normally I think, uh, would you agree, Brett, one of our Aussie streakers would probably well be in their birthday suit, drunk off their face, Need to be tackled and dragged off the, dragged off the, off the oval. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. It's, uh, it was normally what it takes to, to get someone to, to streak these days is you've had a skin full and you, you just, oh, get out there. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's what Andrew Simons was good for a good, a good right shoulder to, to stop a streaker. <laughs> that's it. May he rest in peace. But yeah, look, um, that's, there's so many things, um, there's so many emotions and, you know, um, chills up my, up my neck or, you know, just, just emotion, just um, amazing emotions for, for something like this. And I'm still pinching myself that uh, I witnessed something as, 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 I don't know, bold, crazy <laughs> script. Uh, I don't know. You're just, just saying it was a wonderful, wonderful man. I feel really privileged. So, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just glad that you guys experienced it too and, and felt the same even um, even though you couldn't be here. Um, yeah. what, what I will say is I, I still do expect Pakistan to, to walk out of Group 2 pretty comfortably. Really only a match against South Africa that they need to, to worry about. Yeah, um, yeah I, the, the, the great Australian weather might have a little to say about that, but I don't think the quality of their team will have anything to say about that. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think if there was a, a couple of encounters that were rained out for them and South Africa had got a chance to hammer, you know, some of the other teams in there, I, think that's the, I agree with you. I think I would still expect Pakistan to come out of there with them. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I agree. not with the South Africa-Zimbabwe match getting rained out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do cross my fingers, though, with all due respect to the other people, uh, other teams in that particular group, um, and other te- other teams actually. Sorry, across the, the whole of this World Cup, that I would love to see in India Pakistan final. As much as I'm an Aussie Australian team supporter, I think it's just great entertainment. Oh, I don't know, I don't know, atmosphere wise, it's just you just feel part of. All of them, and I'm not Indian or Pakistani, but I just feel like part of it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Hope for a new Pakistan final, please. For our six and outs. Uh, Brett, I'll throw it over to you. 
All right. Well, I'm going to start with my six of the week, which is uh, just uh, a bit of a, a barnstorming start from, from the Atco Cricket Club in our, our local season over here. Uh, gone up a gone up a division after our premiership victory last season and a good win to start the season, nearly a, an outright win, so nearly managed to bowl the opposition out twice and uh, just followed it up on the weekend, just gone, we posted a, a nice 350-odd uh, run total. So, uh, did, did, yeah, you, things, did, things off for us. did you get did you get stuck in, re-involved in that, that victory? Um. A little bit with the the first one. Didn't have too much to do batting there. Uh, well, actually, I got a promotion up the order on the weekend. Our captain hurt his knee, fell off a roof at work, so oh, he uh, put himself at eleven and uh, bumped me up to ten. I'm sure that was a, but, uh, a freak a freak accident, was it, Brad, to try and get yourself up the order? <laughs> well, I've been uh, I've been trying to get myself down to eleven for for that long, but. Uh, I, I get a bit uh, upset when someone tries to take my spot. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good start to There was a lightning outfield, like it's one of the quickest outfields I've ever played on. And yeah, it was a, a good all-round performance for, from our guys. But yeah, my out of the week, I'm going to take a, a fairly obvious target with the West Indies. Like... Mm. You're talking a team that even... Like you think about like the glory days in sort of 1980s, 1970s and the the sort of fire in Babylon and the the absolute sort of genuine stars they had, but even recent times like they're a two time T20 World Cup winning side, and now mm. they can't even make it out of the qualifying stage. Yeah, like they, they dark have, days. Even without guys like Russell and Narayan, who uh, prioritise franchise cricket ahead of playing for the West Indies. There's still too much talent in that side to to not make the Super Twelves. I agree, and I think it, it goes one further than that. Um, they lost an ODI series to Ireland in the West Indies. It's not like this is a a new phenomenon. I don't know if you saw the, uh, I think it was the director of West Indies cricket firmly threw their entire batting order right under the bus afterwards, saying that that was the issue and they were going to need to restructure and they needed to rethink. Uh, but yeah, they have a they have a problem on their hands there, um, and they have for a while. I was just quietly hopeful that uh, it would be the catalyst for change, like right the way through. I think they probably need a change at board level and someone who can try and galvanize the islands and, and bring them all together again. Like, like it must be hard. Like they play as the West Indies. So they're not playing for their own country per se. They're playing for the region. Um, So you don't necessarily have that sense of national pride, but, I think it starts from the top there. They need someone on board who can really galvanise those islands together and then someone running the team and picking the team that uh, that the best team. people want to play mm. for but can get the best out of the guys that they've got. It's Agreed. Been, it's been a problem that's happened in the past. There's a great book. Uh, it's basically an autobiography of Clive Lloyd. Um, and that was the situation that he found himself in as the... West Indies captain way back when. Um, now, this was not in the area of, era of professional cricket, but found himself way back when trying to galvanize that set of islands into a, into a team. But I think they, I think they need a, I think they need 
the change of management. I think they need a new leader. Like, I'm sorry, like, Puran is, doesn't strike me as a, a very motivational guy. Like, I don't see what happens in the background in the team room, but I don't know. It, it, I, I think there's a, a bunch of changes need to happen in there, and they're, they're in a bit of a pickle for sure. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Arnie, I'm going to save you for the last because I, I have an inkling about you, what you might be, uh, might be your six. But my, my uh, six of the week is Ireland making the qualifiers at the expense or making the real tournament at the expense of the West Indies. Uh, having lost a fairly convincingly lost against Zimbabwe in our opening match of the group stages, we managed to pull it out of the fire big time against Scotland thanks to a phenomenal Lillings by Curtis Camphor, which I know you guys are going to go see. Uh, I think it's Ireland versus England, which is a great a great result that they that a great fixture you get to see now that they've qualified uh, out of that. And then also then fairly convincingly taking care of the West Indies too. I mean, Paul Sterling had a really nice innings. Um, but it didn't ever really feel like in the second inning, innings where the West Indies were chasing that we, I didn't really feel worried, you know, which which I, I thought was going to be a real struggle at the, at the start. But very, very pleased to see my Ireland get through. Uh, hopefully we can pick out at least one win in that in that group of death, um, although probably the weakest team in there, Sri Lanka, we've already lost to. So we'll see. We'll see how we can do in there. And then my six of the, uh, my out of the week has to be the, the crowds that I've seen at the at the World Cup has been kind of disappointing. I mean, with the exception of of the MCG, which has packed out ninety thousand uh, uh, to see India Pakistan, the opening match between uh, New Zealand and Australia was only seventy percent full. They had thirty five four thousand, and probably probably a worse one is over at the Optus Stadium. And Arnie, I know you're a big fan of the Optus Stadium, which is a new new stadium out there in the Waka. Um, it has a capacity of sixty one thousand or sixty thousand. And uh, England, Afghanistan had eight thousand people come to watch it, so it's quite, quite disappointing. You know, the two, two of the two of the bigger bigger sides. You know, there won't be a ton of cricket played out there on on Western Australia um, later into the tournament. So, yeah, a bit disappointed by that. But um, hopefully, we'll see a, an uptick as the maybe as the weather improves and maybe as the the tournament goes into its uh, later stages. Yeah, it's probably a fair point. I think. Weather's probably played a little bit of an issue, but um, you'd think when we get to some of these big games later on in the tournament, some of the big matchups, we'll, we'll start to see some pretty healthy crowds. We'd like to think so. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, all right, Arnie, throwing it right. over to you. Well, mine's an obvious one. <laughs> excuse me. Mine's an obvious one. It's the uh, my six of the week. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Is uh. I'm not getting emotional. I'm just still that, that, got a little that, bit of breath. That, that talk of the West Indies really has you choked up, man. You don't like to see a, a legendary side yeah. like that. Uh, Ireland making it through. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> you know, welling, I'm welling up. No, it's, uh, it's my six of the week is probably the most obvious one um, ever in any podcast, I think, uh, that we've done so far, which is uh, obviously the India versus Pakistan match, the entirety, the the, the, the full experience pretty much teaching me what it feels like when cricket becomes a religion. So that I'll, I'll leave it at that because we've done so much talking about it, but I'll just sum it up saying I've never felt so much closer to the game of cricket than I have last night amongst all these people who genuinely so passionate and really live it and has shown me what it feels like to treat it like a religion. So, yeah, that's my six for the week. Um, and my out is 
part of the same game. Um, I was sitting next to a guy that we all know, and I'll mention his name now, just a shout out to him. Um, we we play we all play on some cricket NFTs together, and his name's Hack Devil. Shout out to you, mate. You're a great guy. You're a legend. But I the out for me would be just to see the roller coaster ride that he went through in that last over, and to see just the heartbreak, the absolute gut wrenching heartbreak for him. And all kudos to India for, for pulling it off, but but the, the heartbreak for him, I, I, I consider that the out. And I wish for him, because he came all the way from Canada for this match, so I just kind of wished for him um, that he could have got the result. But the, but the good thing is Pakistan were on the wrong side of that result, but they're flying. Yeah, That's that's a bittersweet thing for, for the out, but that's my out of the week, just actually experience such euphoria of, of just the amazing game but also sharing the, the kind of heartbreak and the low that this guy next to me went through. So, yeah, shout out to you, mate. Um, but that's my out of the week. Yeah, very good, Arnie. Shout out to Hack Devil. I mean, tra- traveling from Canada down there, that's, I'm sure, he's probably a mixture of jet lag, hunger, thirst, disappointment. I can't imagine the, the, the range of emotions and how his body is feeling, but fair fair play to him. But, um, all right, lads, we'll leave it there. Uh if we have something as interesting to talk about in next week's podcast, I I may need to, I don't know, take a Red Bull or something before because that was, what a week of cricket that was. Brett, like you said, this is the probably the best start to a World Cup I've seen in my my, my short time on the earth. Um, long may it continue. Lads, we'll chat again next week. Uh, I'll see you then. See you guys. <laughs>